Welcome to the Minister's Friend podcast with pastor and author Dr. John Kimball. The Minister's Friend is a podcast helping pastors and other church workers navigate the challenges of leading the flock. John has been a church planter, a local church pastor, a seminary professor, and a denominational leader. He coaches and mentors pastors and missionaries around the world. Drawing on over 30 years of experience in local, regional, and national ministry, John and some of his colleagues provide practical guidance on the topics you request. We are so glad you've joined us. And now, here's our host, Pastor John. Thank you, Anna. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Minister's Friend Podcast. Today's episode might be one of the most important ones that we've ever produced. I'm positive it's absolutely foundational to our current topic of spiritual warfare. The panel talks about the critical nature of prayer, specifically intercessory prayer, and repentance when it comes to overcoming the enemy's attacks. I'm continuing our panel discussion with Pastor Foy Bellier of the Anam Kara Community and the Warrior Priest Leadership Development Group in Delray Beach, Florida. Bishop Jason Quinones of Core Faith Church in Oviedo, Florida, and my own friend and associate, Pastor Michael Brinkley. Let's get right to it. Let me just shift gears here a little bit based on one of the passages that Foy read a minute ago um, from Second Corinthians chapter 10. You know, I, this this is a passage that when um, I had preached, I don't know how many times I preached through this part, and then all of a sudden one day this set of verses grabbed my eyeballs. I'm like, oh my goodness, how have I missed this? How have I breezed past this? You know, Paul says, for though we live in the world, this is 1 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5, uh, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Yes. They have divine power. It's not our power. It's his power. They have divine power to do what? To demolish strongholds. Mm -hmm. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Temptations, whatever those thoughts are, Pretensions, people are being pretentious. We can bring those things right into obedience to Christ. We have been given the ability to do this. And I've had people ask me, okay, so how do we do that? I think, and I'm throwing this out there, I really want your opinion on this, but I think the weapon, the primary weapon, there's certainly others, that God has given us is intercessory prayer. Mm. I think intercessory prayer is the the breakthrough piece here. And let me just give one quick illustration of what I'm talking about. I I, I told you earlier, I think medication for depression and anxiety is okay. I've had to do it. There are seasons where you need to have help getting your brain chemistry back where it belongs. I believe counseling is okay. I know there's pastors out there that say, if you really had faith, you don't need this stuff. I don't believe that. I think that God gives us wise counsel for a reason. And so having somebody to speak truth into your life at the right time is a beautiful and godly thing. And so I, I, I love counseling. Um, but what if, just let me throw this out there, what if what God is really saying here about strongholds and all these kinds of things, he's saying, you know, yes, medication, yes, counseling, but if we don't marry the physiological and the emotional with the spiritual, which is intercessory prayer, we have an incomplete recipe. 
that we're going to be attacking and maybe even holding off that stronghold through medication, through counseling, through whatever. But it's when we marry those things with intercessor, something like intercessory prayer that the power is now given for us to actually tear that thing down. What do you all think about something like that? Am I, am I off or is that, would, that be, would that be right? I, I, I think that uh, even from your message at church the other day, you're, you're uh, walking along, skirting along this idea of spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes our issue is something going on in the body. Sometimes it could be in the mind, the soul, and sometimes the root of the problem can be spiritual. And if you're a doctor, you have to know where the root is going to come or you're just addressing the symptoms. Mm. And I think that uh, you're right. The the medication goes for helping the body. Uh, Counseling, using a word, goes towards the soul and is, is agreeing with the spirit. And prayer, intercession, is going to be necessary. We're supposed to be spirit-led. So it, uh, we're not supposed to be just doing the medication and the counseling. We should also be praying. And, and so I think when it's the combination of we're, we're not attacking on one front, but all three fronts uh, being spirit-led and uh, leading with prayer— I think that's when you tear down the uh, strongholds. You can have authority and empowerment, John, but if you're not praying, it doesn't really matter. Wow. And I, I mean, that would blow some people's paradigms up, but I'm just thinking about what Jesus said in John chapter 17. Somebody, I think it was Michael brought it up already that, you know, they came back and said, Hey, Demons listened to us. You know, we saw victories, the kingdom manifest, erupt, all of that. But there uh, is also a passage, uh, and it's in Matthew chapter 17, where they come back and they're like, man, we couldn't do anything. Yeah. It wasn't listening. Yeah. You know? Uh, and Jesus says something very interesting at that point. I think it's verse 21. It only comes out by prayer and fasting, this yeah. kind, you know? So if you don't pray, there's a 50-50 shot. You're not going to have any kind of victory where you need it. So why not? Why roll the dice if you don't have to? Let's, uh, let's pray and ask God for deliverance. The problem is, practically speaking, is our churches don't pray. Amen. And oh. our people don't pray. Yep. So, of course, yep. you're going to be traumatized, victimized, and demonized. Uh, and by that, I mean afflicted by the evil since the Spirit of God fills you. If you don't have any kind of direct connection with God that you're maintaining, uh, just like if you were out on the battlefield without your comms, you're going to get killed. Mm. Yep. You're going to wander into a firefight that you're ill-equipped to per- you're, and unprepared for. So that that is, I, you know, you, you're preaching to the choir here about that one because I, I got to tell you, one of my biggest, and, and Michael's heard me say this over and over and over again ad nauseum, but one of my biggest um, concerns about the North American church specifically is that we've stopped praying. Um, and, and let me just say, let me just go there for a minute. Pastors have stopped praying. The majority of the time that most North American pastors are praying is praying for the people in their congregation when they're at the hospital, when they're at the nursing home, praying during the worship service. But the actual prayer life of most pastors is really lacking nowadays. And and I don't have any 
statistics, somebody's probably going to email me in and say, well, what, you know, where do you get that from? Where are the studies? Well, I don't have that. I can just tell you from all the guys that I'm mentoring, from the people that I'm interact or in, interacting with across the nation on a regular basis, when I ask, because I, I ask that question on a regular basis, and I say, well, how's your prayer life? Tell me about your, your regular devotional love relationship through prayer with Jesus. How is it? Uh, well, it's not what it should be. I'm hearing that all over the nation. Well, if pastors aren't praying, guys, they're certainly not leading their congregations to do this kind of prayer. So, I mean, you, you pushed a button, Foy. <laughs> well, the, the bishop blew it up with sex before. I'm about to blow it up right now. Here we go. Um, in, we are infatuated with information transfer with our people, and it's not working. Oh, it's not funny. working. So... Uh, this is a, an opportunity for divine reset and an ax moment where the Father is helping us understand that our processes are flawed. So rather than preaching a 60-minute sermon, why don't we actually, like the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, Pastor. Mm. We talk about it, mm. and then we actually do it and pray Amen. for one another Amen. instead of sitting there passively for an hour and a half and then going home and calling it good and everybody's a disaster. Boom, drop the mic. I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. That, that's that's awesome. I, I just want to add two things here uh, to answer your question, right? Because you know, Pastor John, you asked if intercession is if if that is a key, right, and yeah, or, or yeah. a weapon. And so I kind of wrestle with that question. But here's here's one thing that I would say, right? Because we know that the weapon, when you're looking at the armor of God that we mentioned earlier, is the sword of the spirit, right? Which yes. is God's word, yes. but. I love it because Paul, and I'm actually preaching on spiritual warfare this Sunday, and, and Pastor Foy, I just want you to know I'm going to do what you just said. I'm going to preach for 10 minutes and pray for 30. I don't know if that's possible. Amen. However, Amen. I'll pray for 30. I'll preach for 30 and pray for 30. We'll, we'll do that. But <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to apply the principle, you know, and lead Amen. the people in this. But I love this because Paul says this. So two scriptures that we looked at is in that Ephesians 6 passage. What does he say right after um, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, we usually don't even go there. But what is the next thing Paul says? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with mm. all perseverance and supplication mm. for all the saints. So it's like you get armored up for what? So you can so you can pray, right? Amen. I mean, so you can live, but so you can pray. And then my other favorite passage, which, you know, you hit you hit the nail on the head, which is in James 4, 7. So it says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But then what does he go on to say? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And so I think yes and amen, and we have two witnesses that when we're looking at mm. spiritual warfare passages, that they culminate with a drawing near to God, with an intercession, with a humbling yourself before the mm. Lord and letting him lift you up. And so I would say yes. You know, and that's that's great because that also brings in then the the element of repentance you know, that, that is so critical. And, and I would expect, I don't know, because that's not something that I normally, I mean, I have had the conversation, of course, with pastors that I'm, I'm mentoring, but 
Um, repentance may also be something that's not where it needs to be today in the church. And if we're not repenting of stuff, we're hanging on to stuff, it's hanging on to us. Can I add something as well? One of the things that I see when I uh, listen to prayers, uh, we are praying without authority many times. Uh, People do not understand their identity in Christ. We approach as if we're a sinner. And, you know, when you're forgiven of your sins, our sins are thrown as far away as the east is from the west. He says to come to his throne of grace with mm. boldness, with confidence. And we approach like we are some uh, stranger to him. We're a child of God. We're an ambassador of God. We're a prince. We're a priest. We have all these titles, and yet we approach the throne without confidence. And we pray these prayers, uh, these, I, I call them garden prayers, because we label everything under what Jesus prayed, let your will be done, not mine. But mm-hmm. if he has already spoken what his will is in the scripture, you don't have to pray that way. You pray according to what his word says. There are some gray areas, you know, like what college do I need to go to, or is this the one for me? There are some things that I don't see in the Word where he specifically says uh, what his will is. But when he does speak on subjects, like it is God's desire that all men be saved, uh, I already know how to pray. Hmm. And we need to pray with authority, and we need to understand our potential. I mean, when we look at Jesus' prayers— Uh, And we recognize that he's praying as the son of man with the Holy Spirit inside of him and filled with the word of God. And that's how we're to live our life. Jesus said, uh, you can ask anything in my name, in my name being according to his will as the nature and so forth. But I don't think we're testing out the potential that we have. We don't know how to pray in authority. We certainly don't know our identity, and that's why I just feel passion to get alongside of people who are praying, not to critique their prayers, but to teach them a better way to pray. So, friend, how's your prayer life? I'm not talking about your prayers for people as part of your ongoing ministry role. Those are essential, but I'm asking you about something different, something far more personal. How is your prayer life, your prayer relationship with Jesus? How consistent are you in personal repentance before the Father? How is your intercession? Are you persistent? Are you partnering with other prayer warriors? We're never prepared for the enemy's attacks if we aren't unhindered because of repentance and empowered through prayer. Next time, Our panel is going to discuss some very practical applications for all the things that we've been discussing in this series. You won't want to miss it. That's coming up on The Minister's Friend. Oh, folks, we're so grateful that you're in our audience. The Minister's Friend podcast exists to help pastors and other church leaders like you lead their congregations well. If you're blessed by our ministry, please tell others about us. We also want to let you know about the next series we're doing, which will launch here on The Minister's Friend in about two weeks. I recently sat down with Jason White, a pastor, federal agent, 
and church security expert to talk about how our churches can be fully prepared for medical and safety emergencies. It's a very practical discussion about his book, Church Security and Outreach, A Spirit-Led Strategy to Pursue the One and Protect the 99. Given the era in which we now live, you won't want to miss this interview. I'm so glad you were with us for today's episode. I hope it was helpful to you. Thank you for joining us here on the Minister's Friend Podcast. Let's do this again real soon. You've been listening to the Minister's Friend Podcast with pastor and author John Kimball. Be sure to check out today's show notes for additional tools, resources, and information. If today's episode has been helpful to you, let us know. You can shoot us an email at podcast at johnrkimball.com. That's podcast at johnrkimball.com. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page. These are also the best ways to suggest topics for future shows. We want to hear from you. And please tell your friends about us. Until next time, may God bless you and your ministry with great fruit for His kingdom. Bye!